Friends, last Sunday when we were meeting here together in RPC morning and evening, we didn't realize that we would not be able to meet together as a church family for quite a long time. And so we have decided to bring the ministry of the word to you through this video. And maybe we'll be able to add to this as the weeks lie ahead. Now, I'm not used to this, as you will probably note, so please be patient with me. By the time I do get used to it, we'll probably be back meeting together as we normally do on Sundays. So a big warm welcome to all our members and to all our friends. Now, what I want to do is bring some announcements. And really, the announcements are the contents of an email or a letter that most of you should have received. And it gives some details about what we're planning to do. And I simply read that letter to you. As I'm sure you have heard, following the advice from the Presbyterian Church in Ireland and the direction from government, we have suspended all RPC activities, including morning and evening worship, for the foreseeable future. This is to minimize the risk of illness to protect those who have been entrusted to us. We will continue to monitor closely the situation and adhere to any of the recommendations that come to us from government. And when it's safe to resume our services and other events, we will communicate this to you. We are living in unprecedented times with many, many people suffering. Some of our members have already been made redundant. Our hearts are heavy for you. Some of our members may become very ill in the days that lie ahead. We promise to pray for you. As a church family, we need to support one another and to support our community. The elders are prayerfully planning what this might look like. We want to provide practical and spiritual care and support to our church family and the community. If you have a specific need, please contact your elder or if you are a friend of the congregation and so do not have an elder, contact Gladys in the church office. 028-382-116. We're trying to create an email database for all the members and friends of RPC who would like to receive information from us in the months that lie ahead. If you didn't receive an email from us and you have an email address and you would like RPC updates, please contact the office with your details. We plan to provide a sermon on a weekly basis. These will be available on the website. An audio version on CD will also be available for those who don't have internet access. If you know of folks who would appreciate a CD, again, please contact the office. In the days that lie ahead, staff will be working on preparing useful materials for all ages, including family devotions, based on the passage covered in the video sermon. This will appear on our website when available. Now, some of you have been asking us about how to get tithes and offerings to the church. Probably the best thing to do is to contact Gladys in the church office for advice on how this is done. Some also have asked about a local food bank. Now, this is not easy because of shopping guideline restrictions and other issues. But if you wish to donate any non-perishable goods, then please bring them to the foyer Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and we will ensure 
that they get to people in need. Over these months that lie ahead, we encourage our families to pray together, to seek comfort and wisdom from the Word of God. Please pray that the church will find creative ways to be salt and light at this difficult time. Let us be good neighbors and do what we can to get through this challenging time together. And pray also that God will use this crisis to draw people to himself. Remember, he is sovereign and he is good. Is that okay? Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Do you not see me? I leaned forward too. Hey, I'm watching you. <laughs> Will there be takeouts? You know, you know the way at the end of these movies, there's the um, all the bloopers. No. <laughs> right. OCD. Yeah, All right, Callum, are you going to record this time? Okay. Three, two. Let's now turn to the Word of God. I want to read from Psalm 27. Over these next number of weeks, we're going to look at a number of the Psalms and some of my favorite ones. If you have any favorite ones and you would like us to deal with them, then let us know. This is the word of God. Psalm 27 of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war break out against me. Even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle, and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not hand me over to the desires of my foes. For false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. 
I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Let's pray together before we look at what this passage has to say to us. In these difficult days, days of sickness and death, days of unemployment and economic pressure, in days of social isolation and loneliness, it is good that we are able to call you Father. Father God, our light and our salvation, our stronghold in life. Whom shall I fear? Of whom or what shall I be afraid? And as the psalmist says, as David says, hear our voices as we cry out to you. Be merciful to us, O our God, in our need. You are the source of all joy, the source of all hope. Now, before you, our Holy Father, we repent of our sins. We have loved our idols. And in these days, we have seen them stripped from us one after another. We have enjoyed our sin and we have neglected the means of grace. So have mercy on us. Have mercy on our world that is in such great need. Have mercy on our country and on our local community. Father, we pray for protection upon the vulnerable, the elderly, those in the caring profession. Particularly, we pray for doctors and nurses and members of the emergency teams. We pray for healing on those who are sick. We pray for your wisdom to be upon those who lead us, particularly our political leaders and the scientists who are guiding them. We pray for those who are fearful and lonely, for those who are isolated because of age or physical condition. We pray, Father, that in these days we will learn from you because you are clearly speaking and you are teaching. We pray that in these days we'll be led by you because we need your wisdom. And we pray, Father, that as the days go by, our confidence in you will grow so that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Help us to wait upon you to be strong and to take heart and to wait on you. Father, we know that waiting is not easy, but it is so necessary. And so we ask for your help in these days. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you have your Bibles open before you at Psalm 27. This psalm speaks about fear and the answer to fear. Most people, even those of us who have the strongest of personalities, harbor some secret fears. And fears are not nice. 
They unnerve us. They play havoc with our peace of mind. They can grip us. They can paralyze us. They can actually even depress us. Fears can cause us to think and act irrationally. And in these days with the coronavirus outbreak, there are many people with many, many fears. Fears about their health. Fears about their employment. Fears about being able to put food on the table for themselves and for their families. Well, Psalm 27 is a personal testimony of a man who learned to deal with his fears. And when he struggled with the disappointments and with the pressures of life, he turned to God. And David made a tremendous discovery that though God does not always remove the causes of fear, he does give us the inward resources to deal with those fears. And in a sense, God takes the pain out of fear. Now, of course, some will scoff. How simplistic, they say. That doesn't apply to me. That doesn't apply to my fears. That's what many in the world will say today. But what we've got to remember is that Psalm 27 is not ivory tower theology unrelated to life. David knew what he was talking about. For instance, verse 2 and verse 3, he refers to evildoers devouring his flesh. Can you imagine what that would be like? He refers to foes attacking him. He talks about an army encamped against him. So David knows all about struggles and pressures and fears. He knows his subject. And therefore, he can teach us about overcoming fear. And what David says may sound easy and simplistic, but he is not dispensing a formula that treats God like a a good luck charm. David is talking about something much more fundamental than that. He's talking about a total way of life, a way of life that's focused on God, which clings to God in desperate situations, in the kind of situations that we find ourselves in today. Now, I see that there's a a bit of a process happening in this psalm. He he talks, first of all, about remembering who God is. Then he he talks about fellowship or worship of that God. And then he goes on to talk about prayer. And that leads him finally to confidence in God. So let's look at these one by one. First of all, David remembers who God is, verses 1 to 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? David says, I'm overwhelmed with fear and I'm overwhelmed with anxiety and my emotions are all mixed up and I'm sick to my very stomach. But I'm going to start with who God is. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. He's my reason for living. Whom shall I fear in the midst of that? There is no place for darkness or death in my thinking, in my living, because he is my light. He is my salvation. He is light for my darkness. He is salvation for my dying. He is light and salvation. He's also my defense, the defense of my life, my stronghold 
Of whom or what shall I be afraid? Note the personal pronouns there. Verse 1, my and I, the Lord is my light, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is very personal to David, an ever-present friend and helper. Not some distant deity, not some impersonal, abstract, theological being. He's a living God in his troubles. David's intimate companion. David says, Lord, I remember you. It doesn't matter what's happening around me. Oh, these evil men, my enemies, the army, the war, they're all around me. But I remember you, my light and my salvation. No one, nothing can rob me of my memory and my confidence. Verse 2 and 3, when evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war break out against me. Even then will I be confident. Yes, the danger is ever-present. The pressure is mounting. Severe days are ahead. But even then, he says, I will be confident. His present was in good hands. His future was in good hands. And so was ours. So was ours. Let's never forget it. Let's not panic. Instead, let's remember again and again and again who he is and what he has done for us. Confident memory. It's how we deal with fear. By the way, I think it's good for us to ask this question. In these days, can we say, Jesus, you are my Savior? It's easy to say, Jesus, you are a Savior, or even to say, Jesus, you are the Savior. But can you say, Jesus, you are my Savior? Our prayer is that you might know his salvation. So the answer to fear begins with remembering. And in all that's going to happen to us in the days that lie ahead, let us remember. The remember leads to worship or fellowship in verses 4 to 6. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and he'll set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Oh, I love verse four and yet I'm very challenged by it. One thing I ask of the Lord. What is the one thing you want today? Get me, get us out of this crisis, God. Deliver us. Keep me and mine from this virus. 
Now, of course, David is praying for deliverance. We'll see that later on. And so should we. But the first thing he wants is to worship God. The first thing he wants is that he longs to have fellowship with God. He wants to draw near to the presence of God. He wants to be caught up in God's beauty. That I may gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple, verse 4. An ongoing experience of God himself. In fact, David wants his fear to drive him to a deeper experience of God. And in verse 4, it speaks of his passion for God. He, he, he wanted God and he loves God. Now, we can't meet for worship in the way we used to. And I hope in many ways that when we're able to join together again, we will appreciate that and appreciate each other all the more. But still, in the meantime, we can worship God. That's what we're doing right now. To see God, to enjoy God, to glorify God, to see the reality and the purity and the beauty of Jesus. And when we do that, when we see his reality, purity, and beauty, fears begin to melt away. He craved the presence of God, verse 4. But you'll notice that he wanted the protection of God in verses 5 and 6. And there's nothing wrong with that. He, he prays there for uh, safety, for shelter. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At this tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. When we fear, we need that intimate fellowship with God, his beautiful presence, his powerful protection. Now notice there in verse 5, three wee things. I haven't even time to deal with them, but notice he will keep me safe. He will hide me in the shelter. He will set me high upon a rock. So the memory of who God is leads to fellowship and the worship of God, which thirdly leads to prayer in that long section, verse 7 through to verse 12. Now, we all know that life is a bit of a roller coaster of highs and lows. One moment, everything will be fine. The next moment, we look at our circumstances with absolute despair, and we swing back and forth, even as we watch the news, even as we talk to our friends. We need to pray. Notice verse 7. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. I think one thing that this crisis has revealed is how fragile and how weak we really are. We are not self-sufficient. And we're not as powerful as we thought we were. And so we need to cry out to the Lord in prayer. Notice in verse 7 that it's based on his mercy. Hear my voice when I call the Lord. Be merciful to me. He doesn't say, I deserve an answer because I am the king. No. He cries out for mercy. And so should we. The only way to approach a holy God is through his mercy and grace. In many ways, this is a fear eradicator when we 
when we come to him on the basis of his mercy. Notice that he'll always answer the end of verse 7. O Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. He always answers. He always answers. Verse 8 and 9, um, prayer is seeking God's face. We've talked about that before. It's a theme of this particular psalm. He invites us to draw near to him, to seek his face because his ear, his eyes, his very heart is open to us. And when we know that, and when we practice prayer, that indeed will eradicate fear. Verse 10, let's read that. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Oh yes, God never rejects his people. He hears and he responds. Even the fathers will abandon us. In verses 11 and 12, he he speaks about what a, a prayerful attitude means for us. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path. A prayerful attitude means we will seek the direction of God. Isn't that what we need as a nation, as a community, as a church? Now, primarily, the direction of God comes to us through His Word and through His Spirit, revealing His truth and His will. And so He says, teach me. And He says, lead me. Because when we're in the valley of fear, we need to be led out, don't we? We need to be directed out. That's what he longs to do. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path. In these days, let's seek his direction, his comfort, and his truth. So the memory of who God is leads to fellowship and worship of God, which leads to desire to pray, which leads, lastly, to absolute confidence in our great God. Verse 13, I am still confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. The focus in these two verses is on absolute confidence and trust in God. David takes his stand upon the goodness of God. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somehow, sometime, David says, I will see the goodness of God. To me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Real protection against fear. And then notice verse 14, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord to move. Wait for the Lord to bless. Wait for the Lord to change us. I suppose as we conclude this little sermon, we've got to remember our times are in his hands. And God is never, ever in a hurry. Be patient and wait. Be strong and take heart. Oh, there's times when we want to scream and when we want to shout. There are times when we want to cry. There are times when we will fear. But we need to refocus on God 
and draw confidence from his presence, his goodness, and his protection. And we need to see that in the Savior God has given us in Jesus, we have the reason for living, the reason for existence. So let us seek his face daily, seriously, faithfully, and willingly. And when we do, we will overcome all fear. My friends, may God bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Yes, these are sad days, but we have such hope. May God bless you and keep you.